2: G'day, guys. Welcome back to the Pelican Scoop, a hoop-ball.com presentation. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, and I've got a very special guest today. I'm joined by the legendary, the fantastic Elliot Clough from Pelicans
1: Plus. Elliot, how are you going? Lyle, I'm good, man. I might need you to introduce me every time I walk into a room, everywhere. <laughs> I think I might hire you for that. Red carpet, I might be able to, trumpets. <laughs> I might be able to, I'm not going to be able to pay you as much as your lawyer gig, but it, I, I will pay you in, in appreciation. How's that? Well, that's all I ask.
2: You know, <laughs> it, it is nice to feel wanted now and then. Uh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> How's
1: things? It's been a little while. It has been a while. It has been a while. Things are going well. Pell's pie is going well. Really enjoying my time with Boot Crew Media uh, I am in, mean, like I said, back in my college town, calling some baseball games for the summer. So uh, good stuff happening.
2: Yeah, it's all coming together and um,
1: a bit unlike
2: the Pels, unfortunately, they sort of uh, <laughs> fell away towards the end of the season. I think, I know we all live as Pelicans fans, uh, the roller coaster that is <laughs> the, fan, the fandom of watching them and uh, the, the highs and the lows. Um We finished a meager 31 and 41 on the season. Um, What was uh, overall, let's go straight into that high uh, level analysis. What did you think of the season?
1: You know, I think the disappointment by the fan base is warranted. I think a lot, the expectations were really high. Whether they were fair is one thing, but the expectations were high. I mean, I, I think we all... Largely thought they would at least get into the play-in. Like, I, that, that was not unfair. But, I mean, they're, they're, it's not like there weren't positives to be taken away. Zion continuing to look like a superstar. Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker developing. We finally got to see Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson together in a large sample size. But then you think about the fact that J.J. Redick was awful. Uh, he did get traded, which was good. Got the real JJ in town. He was James Johnson was awesome. You think about the fact that the Pels moved off of Drew Holiday and got in return Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And those picks will, will which will ultimately help out. I believe in in the treasure trove of picks that they have, they'll be able to acquire somebody. Whether it's a superstar, whether it's a star, that will be determined. But ultimately, I think, I think you got to be. <laughs> disappointed, but hopeful is, is the way to look at this season and going into next, especially. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think, um, you know, the expectation coming in
2: changed throughout when we saw them play their best basketball. I mean, coming in, I think we were like, Oh, we don't know what they're going to look like. And then they went and got Stephen Adams. They went and got Eric Bledsoe both come with this uh, hype of a defensive, um, I suppose, anchors at either end of the, uh, of the court. And um, not either position of the court, the point guard and the, uh, and the center position. I mean, there's obviously Eric Bledsoe became a bit of the whipping boy throughout the, uh, throughout the season. And, and whether Rightfully not, so. Rightfully <laughs> so. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, he, he didn't really perform to probably what the, the hype and the all defensive second team um, expectation was. Steven Adams, I felt though, went through, he was like the most important player and then everyone sort of caught up to him. And as the injuries set in for him and the minutes sort of reduced and the other guys started performing, Billy and Gomez, Jackson Hayes started developing. People soured on him as well. And I don't know whether or not um, the memories were that long because there were some games where he was absolutely winning them for us <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and was a difference maker. But um, those two acquisitions especially, what, what do you rate – rate them as uh, as in getting brought in and their contributions this year?
1: Well, I, you know, I think that we can gather that Eric Bledsoe, at least he appeared that he didn't want to be a Pelican. So whether or not he's had some real intangible impact on this team, we know Josh Hart told everybody to shut the fuck up when they were, you know, giving him a hard time. Um, and well, and everybody was giving him a hard time, and some of these other guys stood up for him too. Kyra liked him a lot, so I mean, maybe based on the intangibles, if he really provided anything to the team, the best I could give him is probably a D or a D. minus. It was just an awful season. He did not contribute in any way, shape, or form that Pels fans were hoping he would. I, he was just awful. And in terms of Steven Adams, you know, I the the pay grade isn't necessarily something that a lot of fans like either considering in terms of statistics, Billy Hernan Gomez was able to be serviceable and fill that void. And Jackson Hayes looks like he could be a star. Like Jackson Hayes looked freaking awesome at the end of the season. He's not fouling near as much. His fundamentals are there. Obviously his athleticism didn't leave. He's starting to show some progress in terms of shooting. So But on the other hand, you did say Steven Adams filled some pretty good spots this year. I mean, he basically was, I wouldn't say he was the reason that they beat the Sixers at one point in the season or the reason that they beat the Nuggets at one point in the season, but not a lot of guys are going to be able to defend Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic the way Steven Adams did this year. So I would say, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) that one's the tough one. I want to say a C or a C plus because people like to say, "Oh, spacing is the problem with Steven Adams; can't have him down there." But spacing's not really the problem; it's shooting. The Pelicans just didn't have any shooting. The amount of spacing can be created via screens, and what he does—I mean, his rebounding is huge. His, his defending of those big guys is huge. Um, but if we were to the, the Pelicans were to ship him out. I think in, in exchange for a guy who can be good enough to protect the rim, but also shoot a little bit, I'd probably take it. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say a C or a C plus.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think both of those, um, yeah, hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I reckon a lot of the animosity came from the the fact that he was extended before he'd even played a game. And, you know, that, oh, you're paying him 17 million or whatever it is. And, you know, um, it's one of those things you've got to pay someone. Um, <laughs> you can't. Right. otherwise you're going to hit the uh, the cap floor and have to pay everyone um, I mean we're not, probably not that likely now that we've got uh, Brandon Ingram on the max and the like we're a lot closer to the cap now but uh, disappointing to say the least I think um, particularly after the new year. Last year, um, we sort of went the other way and had that big um, 15 winning streak and all of a sudden it was on and we're like, yeah, we're winning the championship and then we come to this year and, um, you know, it, it really was up and down. I think, how much um, importance do you put on the fact that this was a shortened season, there was no training, there's no coach, new team. <laughs> there's a lot of factors that went into this.
1: Right. And people like to compare the situation to the Knicks, and it's really not com- comparable because they, I mean it's because they had a new coach. Like that's that's what people want to compare them to, and that's that's why. And or or like the Hawks, but the difference is continuity on the roster. The Pelicans virtually had a completely new roster. Zion Williamson had played what? like 20 games prior to this season. So that's a completely new addition. terms, basically on top of getting Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe some of those end of the bench guys, you know, when Gabriel bringing guys like that in too, and you, move, excuse me, <laughs> you move Lonzo ball from pretty much strictly point guard to a perimeter guy, a, a shooter, a three and D player. And then, I mean, I I talked about this with Jamel McMillan, I think it was late last year when I had him on my podcast, former Pelicans assistant, son of Nate McMillan. And what Stan Van Gundy had to do when he came into town, when he came into New Orleans was completely tear everything from the top to the bottom down. A lot of bad habits were on this team from last year, especially defensively. And we started to see the defense pick up towards the end of the season. I think they were first from, for, for like a six-week period towards the end of the season or something like that. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's not exact, but um, we saw that continue to develop. You know, Stan Van Gundy's an old-school guy too, and apparently that hasn't been vibing with the roster, whether or not those, those rumors are all that accurate. There's just a lot to be taken into consideration in going into this season with COVID, with the lack of practice in the second half of the season. Lyle, do you know how many, how many practices the Pelicans had in the second half of the season? Oh, Just something bizarre,
2: Wasn't it like two or three or something? Like if that, it was 12, but
1: <laughs> I was but going for that, hype factor. <laughs> right. That's still, that's still nothing with that young of a roster. That is zero. How much can you, how much can you do in small sessions like that in, in at the beginning of the season, these guys were only getting 15 minutes of film session, 15 minutes. These guys haven't been playing basketball for more than what, like 15 years. And and, yes, that's a long time, but seriously playing it for two, three, four Mm. years, how much, and and you can't even get into your body. You can't create those habits in your body of making recognition on the floor and, and making that muscle memory, something that you can rely on when you're not able to do it in practice or, or on the floor on a regular basis, because you're trying to win. You're not trying to learn games. You're trying to win games. Right. And when the opportunity to learn is in practice more frequently than it is in a game, when you have a bunch of young guys who are all making mistakes, right? So there's a lot to be taken into consideration. I, I am not one to say fire stand Ben Gundy, fire stand Ben Gundy after one season, like if if the players don't vibe, well they'll actually get some time to work with him this year. They'll hopefully get a legitimate roster that can win some games, and you know losing is frustrating. So that isn't that big of a deal to me to have that that internal whatever it is uh, uh, friction with the team. So there's there's a lot to be said, but that doesn't make this season any less urgent uh after this last year where where the season didn't turn out quite the way a lot of us wanted it to
2: yeah I mean I suppose it's a big takeaway is that all it has done is burned another season that you know these guys have burned you know but um you know it's another one where perhaps they've um out from the outside maybe they've underperformed I mean really probably internally you know you're looking at a second year of a rebuild first year with a new coach new team again and you've got Zion who's I mean, he's only in his second year as well. He'll be heading into his third, he'll start getting paid. What he'll be eligible for the extension at the end of this year or next year coming. Um, so, I mean, the clock's ticking in terms of that because putting pieces around him, you know, we're going to be pushing up well towards the cap, um, if not over it. If we're um, extending him as well, his uh, extension will then kick in. Then we'll have Bi's extension as well. All of a sudden, you're paying what fifty odd million for for two guys. Um, well they're not bad pieces at all and I'd be happy to have a couple of um, a couple of young all-stars like that you, you can get a sense of urgency from the from the team. I also don't discount the fact that these guys have had to be, be on top of each other for I don't know what 10 months or something like just in each other's pockets all day there's not this uh, you know ability to just have a couple of days off and oh, okay we'll see you on practice on Wednesday and we played on like Monday, you know, and you get a day away from each other. It has literally been game, 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 training, game, game. And what do they say? And yeah, and, and testing the testing in the morning. At yeah.
1: 7 a.m. 7 a.m. every day. You got your flight gets in at 3 a.m. You got to wake up, do testing. It's just yep.
2: unbelievable. It's like, I, I don't think we can comprehend how tiring and dragging that must be to just live in this constant, uh, you know, testing bubble media spotlight you know game what i remember zion saying in one of his uh, press conferences uh what do you do in your your um your time off he says, i just eat and sleep and you know i can imagine it because you just you'd be in four different time zones you know (laughs) um sleeping eating trying to recover
1: from a basketball game to get ready to 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 play again (laughs) Exactly. And like Brandon Ingram, like that dude is the introvert of all introverts. He just needs time by himself. And these guys are together constantly because of that, having to get up, go. And and on top of that, like you said, eat and sleep, the ability to recover when you're not only traveling, but playing the highest level basketball in the world. Oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, it's amazing more guys didn't have season-ending injuries this year. I know there were a few. Jamal Murray, um, that's the one I can think of off the top of my head. Mm. Who else got hurt this year, Lyle? Oh, jeepers. Now I'm on the spot. There's a few. Um,
2: <laughs> um, now I will. Who are the big names? Gosh, it feels like forever ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing a yeah, Google I mean, search Anthony right Davis. Now. Constantly getting injured, you know. Joel and yeah. B, you know, Ben Simmons was off for a lot of games. Um, even in our team, you know, guys like Steven Adams miss games. Zion, Bi, um, it, down the roster,
1: guys miss games throughout the journey. And Spencer Denwitty tore his ACL yeah, this that's year. Right. JJ Reddick's, I mean, JJ Reddick's old and <laughs> and uh, very very easily injured. Kelly Oubre's been out for a yeah, while. That's right. um, Serge Ibaka. Victor Oladipo. Oh, yes, that's right as well. A lot of names. And honestly, I'm – and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but that was OKC trying to tank. So can't take that into too much consideration. But, um, but yeah, I'm honestly surprised more players weren't hurt and and more players didn't miss time this year. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable that they have managed to stay healthy. I
2: mean, I don't even know how they perform. Like, I can understand when these guys are on a road trip and then – play like absolute I don't know, crap um, on some of these games, because I mean, I don't know how if I got off an airplane, I'll be able to play basketball straight away. I feel like absolute ass when I get off, <laughs> off an airplane, <laughs> you know, it is, it is just the worst feeling and these guys are just living on them. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into this. Um, one of the bright sparks of the season, I guess was the, um, the symbiosis i guess with brandon ingram and zion williamson at times it just looked like absolute magic at other times of course there was some teething issues um brandon ingram pretty much had to change where his whole shot selections came from there was a lot less at the rim a lot more in the mid-range um how did you find that uh combination worked on the field and do you think it can continue to thrive
1: Yeah. And I think you could honestly put a little bit of that on Steven Adams, too, with uh, the clogging of the lane, because Zion is such a dominant force down low that it's tough to continue to play with a with a big like Steven Adams. It just is like you can give him the props that he deserves with defending those big centers, but also consider where he's going to make the team struggle a little bit. But. Zion and and B.I., that pairing, I think we saw the epitome of what it can be in like that Sixers game and then that Celtics game when they came back from down, whatever it was, 26, 28, the biggest comeback in in team history. And it was even tougher when Brandon Ingram was the only guy who could hit a jump shot this season. You know, I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker towards, you know, before he got hurt, That last little bit, he was just lights out. That was the best we've ever seen Nikhil Alexander-Walker play, and that helped out so much. Brandon Ingram, it's just so tough to really gauge and say, you know, they're going to be awesome or it's a horrible fit. It's not a horrible fit. You're going to figure it out. These are two superstars that love the game of basketball. They're going to figure it out. Like, there's no reason to blow this up. There's no reason to trade Brandon Ingram. The (laughs) – I mean, we've been seeing a bunch of trades on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen the Boston blow up since you woke up this morning. No, I know you didn't. Okay. Well, I won't won't spoil it for you, but people are talking about trading trading for Jalen Brown and giving up Brandon Ingram in the process. And with all the picks and the young assets, the Mm -hmm. Pelicans don't have to do that, nor should they do that. So I'm all for the fit. I think – I think you, you if you get Steven Adams out of the middle, it fits even better. And if you get a spacing five or or even play a little bit of small ball and get somebody just that can is a four but can fill that void of a five and shoot the basketball, that fit just continues to get better and better. And and I said that that spacing isn't necessarily the problem. Shooting is the problem, but spacing does make it a little bit better when you do have shooting. So um, so I, I think the fit is there. It's it's just tough when BI isn't making shots and it's tougher when you don't have other shooters around. Najee Marshall was an incredible find might be the highlight of the whole season. Probably not, but it's up there. Getting him on that cheap contract was up there too, but the dude can't really shoot all that well. And you know, Josh Hart, when he was healthy, he's an okay shooter. There's no really great shooters on this team besides Brandon Ingram and Nikhil Alexander Walker, when he had that little stretch. So you add shooting and the fit just continues to get better and better. Yeah. I mean,
2: you can see guys like, especially watching the playoff games guys like Reggie bullet, who just are an absolute bucket. And you're sitting there like, they got these, this guy dirt cheap. He was like a scrappy player, just like sort of ticking along middle of roster guy. And Knicks are like, yeah, all right, we'll just turn you into this sniper. Use, we'll use your uh, ability to shoot and defend like exactly what
1: you want. Tom Thibodeau's like, yep, yeah, you're playing. Had, <laughs> had the Pels got Alec Burks, oh, this season would have been completely different. That guy's, <laughs> that guy's a weapon. That, that, I know. That, that, that Atlanta-Knicks um, matchup That's at the TV. moment
2: is just awesome fun. That is just great. Freaking phenomenal. It's been yeah. a blast to watch. Yeah, that, that is – Um, and, and you're watching these guys, you're like, where have they been? Why are we getting them? Uh, right. <laughs> you're exactly right. I mean, the shooters is going to be a, a really big thing. I, I agree. I don't think we blow up this BI-Zion uh, matchup. I think you've got two guys under the age of 24 or whatever they are, um, you know, 23 and, and 20 or whatever. Uh, yeah, they've hardly played one season of basketball together. Uh, they probably still haven't now that – They've had uh, the injuries towards the end of the season. You know, there's a lot there. We're only scratching the surface. And as, as Zion expands his game as well, uh, B.I. will continue to expand his game. I agree there needs to be more uh, spacing. Perhaps Jackson Hayes with this, like, three-point shot that has just come out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, i I've had some sort of, like, 2K development. Like, honestly, he went from... I had a podcast at the start of the season where I was like, he needs to be benched. I just went off on this poor young guy. I look back now, I was like, "That was so rude. But, yeah. um, you know, and I've apologized profusely on other episodes uh, since then. But when he was benched um, earlier on in the season, I think it was December. It, yeah, it, it oh, is I'm exactly. Here. It is all yeah. in the head. Um, and all of a sudden it clicked and his defensive mentality Uh, Change, You know, he stopped getting put on an island as much, getting caught in no man's land when they were driving over the top of him. And even his defensive mentality to come over and do that weak side help where he flies over the top and blocks the living daylights out of people. (laughs) That's what I want to see. And his ball handling, that, what what do you mean? Where does that come from?
1: (laughs) It's going to be so fun to watch him in the summer league. He's probably not going to play a lot, but he might be like a primary ball handler in the summer league. That'll That's be scary. so sick! I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's honestly, and I actually liked um seeing him play a bit of the four as well. There was some periods yeah. where he played, uh, yeah, in that four spot, and and with Zion on the court as well, and that looked like a legitimate lineup, um, even with like a, a Billy or or um or, or Stephen on there. You know, a, he can shoot a little bit, and if that continues to develop, you know, Jackson Hayes. Griff must be sitting there going, "I told you, you just had to wait." Yeah. <laughs> I told you. Um, but uh, looking forward to that. So Jackson Hayes, his development, huge. Comments,
1: thoughts. <laughs> what
2: do yeah, you think shit. of his season?
1: <laughs> well, I, I you know, when he hit that first three, um, and I, I don't remember what point that was. I think that was in a, a fairly competitive game as well. I think the entirety of Pelican's Twitter just collectively went, holy (laughs) shit, like, (laughs) like, what? Um, And then he had that three-for-three game at the end of the year, and, man, there's a difference between, man, uh, you know, uh, the fact that he became an energy guy off the bench, one. Two, the fact that he has got some defensive fundamentals now. Three, he's developing his basketball IQ, and all three of those things are great. But the fact that he is making threes on not a completely regular basis, but enough to get us a little excited, is just freaking mind blowing. If there's anybody on this roster, probably besides Zion, maybe beside, I wouldn't say I'd probably, I wouldn't probably give Na an A or uh, Naji Marshall. I'd give Naji Marshall an A for the season, but Jackson Hayes. The only reason I wouldn't give him give him an A would be the first portion where he got benched because that was awful. I was right there with you. I think we were all calling for Billy Hernan Gomez minutes at that point in time. Yeah. And Jackson just took all that negativity and, and the fact that he was benched and just ran with it. I mean, he, in a sense, became a man before our eyes. He, he started taking criticism. He started taking uh, these negative comments and said, "You know what? Maybe you're right. I'm going to get better." And he did. And that is a massive step for a kid his age. Absolutely an A, 100% for Jackson Hayes for me. Yeah, the development. It's I love to see that. And and you know, we, we
2: always uh, it's always talk, talked about how he played uh, only two or three years of actual organized basketball before coming in and I don't think people understand how difficult that is to now be playing in the NBA. Um, when you haven't played it as a child and growing up playing basketball, learning these fundamentals, he's basically learned it all from scratch,
1: and now he's hitting threes in an NBA game at seven feet. <laughs>
2: That's it's, um,
1: insane. It, I mean, it speaks to Coach Daniel House too, what he's done with with uh, Jackson, because. I mean, he he gets a few shout-outs shout here and there, not quite to the degree that Fred Fred Vincent does, <laughs> because Fred Vincent is a god among men in New Orleans. Obviously, we all know that. Yes. But Coach Daniel House has been huge for Jackson Hayes and what he's done for him. And this is another reason we can't, you know, jump on the fire Stan Van Gundy train, because he's done a lot, and his staff have done a lot for the development of these young guys. It's not... It's not all negative. It's not all bad on the Stan Van Gundy train and, and with the Pelicans this year. There's been some pretty damn good stuff, i.e. what we've seen from Jackson Hayes, because we all knew this was a possibility. We just all talked about him as a high ceiling center. He can do all this stuff, but he's not putting it into, into – it's not coming to fruition. He's not putting it into practice. But now we saw it, and it's tangible, and it's there. We didn't have that last year, not even close. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And watching this
2: development, is just it's been fantastic. Nikhil was another one. Uh, we slotted in, uh, when he slotted into the starting lineup um, with Alonzo injuries, the guy was dropping like 30s. He was hitting buckets. He is a bucket. Like, honestly, yeah. this guy is a scorer. And um, as soon as he moved off the ball, I thought he became even better. Uh, I, th- I think as soon as he didn't have to initiate the offense – the guy looked really good. And I think at 18 points when he was starting, I think was his average. You know, that looks like a genuine player. And um, I love to see Nikhil's development.
1: You know, he, he it's not the worst thing in the world to put the ball in his hands on yeah. you know, on a few possessions. He's he's a combo guard, but he in essence he he is a two guard. He that's what he is. He is phenomenal off the ball. I wish we could have seen. There's one thing in terms of basketball. Obviously, I would have loved to see the Pelicans in the play-in, but this season, I would have loved to see more Lonzo and Nikhil backcourt. Yep. Golly, get get Eric Bledsoe the frick out of here. Let's see a little bit more of that. I don't know how many people wanted that, but but I sure did. I mean – Na has been watching Manu Ginobili uh, film for a long time. And if he can fill that sort of role with the Pels and, and be an off the bench sort of scorer, or ultimately start and, and be a, a bucket, a shooter for this team too, and a shot creator for that matter. I mean, when Zoe, or excuse me, yeah, Zoe, Steven, Zion, and Brandon were all out, Nikhil was the only real shot creator on the team that was left. And so, I mean, he's, he's just developed. He's gotten so much more confidence in his game now, too. This is another young man who's grown a lot in a year. You know, I, I think Nikhil was in a spot where he was just a little bit more mature than Jackson coming out of college because he's, I think he's 22 now, 23. Mm, yeah. And so he had a little bit, you know, more life experience It maybe had run into a few more obstacles before Jackson Hayes. So that that might be, an, be be a factor, but nah has just really solidified into a role and shown what he can be. Do I think he's going to be a future All Star? No, but he's a scorer, man, and he's a great perimeter defender too. Yeah. His ability to deflect passes, it's awesome. He's he's been great. Uh, it, it's just about I, I think he needs to get a little bit stronger. He's kind of a string bean. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a few of those. Yeah, <laughs> he, He's not quite Alexei Pokashevsky, you know, but he has, has developed a lot. And I, I would probably give him a, a B or a B plus, probably a B plus for the season that, that he gave the Pelicans. And had he not gotten hurt, I think we'd be talking about the Pels having made the play in right now. I really do.
2: Yeah. And, you know, another couple of guys that we brought in um, or that joined the team, you, we've – Sort of mentioned them, Naji Marshall and also Wenyan Gabriel. Two different tra- trajectories, but both, I suppose, almost cult favourites now in Pelicans land. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Naji Marshall. That where'd he come from? That guy is just an absolute gun. And the fact he wasn't drafted is that purely because of his age? Like that is he's a freak. He's a great player, and um, exactly. I think listening to the to the Pelicans broadcast, you hear this. Um, Antonio Daniels, fantastic uh, colour commentator, he said, this guy's still a rookie, you know? And, and that's something that he doesn't look like. He looks like he's been around the league for 10 years. If you told me <laughs> Najee Marshall had been playing in the NBA for 10 years, I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I oh, haven't heard of him, but um, yeah, <laughs> he must have been around. Yeah. But a right. uh, fantastic season. when Gabriel, of course, a little bit different. Rode the bench, uh, dealt with the injuries early on in the season but um, one of those guys that persistence and patience pays off because towards the end of the season, he was playing some good basketball. And I think um, we saw why we picked him up and, and perhaps um, into the future, we might see a little
1: bit more of him. What did you rate those two guys? Not yeah, Najee's an A. That's, that's just the easiest grade you can give anybody on the roster. And you got to give the props to the front office for that too, because getting him on a two-way deal. I remember, Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: I think we were about halfway through the season when there were some injuries popping up and Najee got the start and I don't know what Pell's Twitter reacted, how they reacted exactly. I don't really remember, but... Myself, I saw that graphic and I was just like, why? <laughs> like, uh, wh- what's the what's the what's the what's the plan here? Like, I, I, it was just weird. Uh, I mean, a two way guy who we've barely seen, maybe some garbage minutes. I mean, it, he's probably going to have a bunch of turnovers, be nervous, all that. And, you know, those first few games weren't great. But once Najee got comfortable he was a top two, three defender on this team. I mean, what he's done and the contract that the Pels got him on too. I got this quote from Ryan Herbert and I put it in an article that I got on bootcrewmedia.com about Najee. This could be a Lou Dort type payoff. You know, he, he might not be Lou Dort, but he's six, seven and longer than Lou Dort. And he's an irritant. And I mean, having six, seven wings on your roster doesn't hurt. And we we saw that he and Fred Vincent are gonna be spending a lot of time together this offseason, those two, and then Didi Luzada as well. And that's gonna be massive as well. That's gonna be huge. Najee took a, took a calling to the starting lineup, not only the starting lineup, but but playing significant minutes, and he got it. I mean, this is this is the American dream, right? This is the this is the 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 just the dream in general for every probably two-way player in the league. Man, I got consistent minutes, and I made the most of it. And I made, and I'm gonna make some money, and probably set up my family for the rest of their lives. And man, like uh, he he looks like he's thirty, but he's he's twenty two going on thirty, right? <laughs> so, um, great stuff from Naji. And then I I'm pretty sure I'm the cult leader for the Wenyan Gabriel <laughs> Wenyin Gabriel cult. But you know, the fact that he didn't get any minutes over Nicolo Melly before Melly was traded. I was like, I was saying this. And then some of the bigger media guys, you know, the Will Gilleries were, were tweeting about it too. And I was like, I've been saying this for six months. <laughs> like, come on. So, you know, I- I'm really glad that he got those minutes at the end of the season and, and made some shots and-, and really stepped up. And on top of that, you know, we saw him in the bubble last year. He was kind of the Anthony Davis irritant for the Trailblazers in that first playoff series. And that's why I wanted him on the Pelicans. And if he can be anywhere near what PJ Tucker was for the Rockets for a long time in terms of being a corner shooter, I mean, you, you got what you signed up for. The Pelicans have him on a team option for like a million, excuse me, a million dollars next year. And so why not bring him back? Like you have him healthy. Stan Van Gundy's seen him. Obviously you want to go out, you want to get pieces, you want to get shooters, maybe even make a trade. And if you have to include Wenyon, you know, I wouldn't be happy about it. But if you got to do it, you got to do it. But if you can bring him back, man, I'm all for it. I, I think he he showed enough at the end of the season that he can be an occasional rotation piece, if not continue to develop and maybe not foul as much. He's a little bit erratic on the on defensive end, but he is an irritant and, and he's long and he's not afraid to mix it up. So I think they were both great this year. Uh, the
2: thing that draws me to both of those guys is that, they both play hard, um, you know. When when Winyin came every on, night. yeah, every day, there's, there's no matter way what. Off with those guys, and maybe that is because they're playing for their, I suppose, basketball lives. But at the same time, the energy I think at times with the team was really low, and we've talked about that. You know, there's a whole heap of factors that go into that. But when these guys came off the bench, they played like there was nothing else that mattered in the world than them performing, and I suppose for them you know, a couple of million dollars, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'll be playing pretty hard as well, but um, <laughs> you know, it's great to see those guys step in and perhaps Stan looks at them and goes, well, these are a couple of guys that could be part of the future. They're in the right age bracket. They're at a like really palatable um, price point and they play hard. And that's, I think a big thing that Stan Van Gundy preaches is that if you can play hard, you've got a spot in, in the rotation. And, um, you know, I think at times the guys that, well, the guys that we shipped out um, in the mid-season trade uh, probably didn't play as hard as they could have. And there may be been an attitude thing as well. And we've seen that in um, a few different publications since then. Um,
1: uh, <laughs> from one in particular. <laughs> including one's own podcast. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. Um,
2: so, yeah, I mean, use your platform. Um, right. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's difficult, um, and you know, when you get rid of those guys, all of a sudden you're bringing some genuine uh, hard hard nuts. I guess um, you know Jay Johnson, the the real JJ, as you said, right. uh, he needs an impact. Uh, Where's the Wunder? I can see the potential with him. I mean, whether or not he sticks around, you can see why he's an enticing prospect. He's rangy. Uh, has a bit of athleticism, has absolutely no jump shot whatsoever. Um, He's still looking for that. There's, there's not one there, but um, (laughs) if he could get even a serviceable one, he turns into a bit of a three and D guy, especially if Uh, he learns out those intangibles on the defensive end. A Josh Hart type. Yeah. hundred percent. He he, he runs, runs the floor really well. He's long. um, And he's, he's a bit of a disruptor, exactly like Josh Hart. And if you can keep him, and if you can see enough and then Josh Hart, you know, he's getting paid. Um, do you weigh that up? Do you say, do we already have guys like uh, Josh Hart? Ugh, it's it's difficult. I think, um, what is it like that recency bias comes in? You know, we didn't see a lot of Josh Hart since he got injured. All of a sudden you're like, oh, we can do it without him. But um, <laughs> at the same time, he was, he was the heart and soul of the team, you know, to, to use that pun that I use in every second episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Josh Hart, what was his impact?
1: What do you reckon? Yeah, well, you know, I in terms of replacing him, I I lean more towards probably Najee than Wes. I'm completely okay with moving on with Wes. I've seen enough of that guy. You know, if if he can put in some work this season, the Pals like what they see from him, by all means, whatever. But I've seen enough. I I had a little bit of excitement, you know, the newness when he was brought onto the roster. And he got a little bit of playing time along with James Johnson. But he's, I, yeah. I don't think he's got much of a career left other than uh, people saying, Hey, he's long. Hey, he's a disruptor. Maybe we could bring him in. You know, I, I just, I don't see much of much of that sticking around. I think he'll make it with the Shanghai sharks. He'd be awesome over there. He would be that length. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Hart is. I think we've seen what he is. I don't necessarily see him, you know, getting a whole lot better. He was pretty old when he got drafted. Not and not that that's bad. I mean, he's a good, he's a good NBA player. And I think somewhere we'll pay him probably, you know, $15 million, $12 to $15 million, probably. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's it's worth that because you got Najee, because he got Didi on the roster. You know how I don't know how much Didi's gonna play coming up here, but we've seen how fun he can be defensively. That dude, you know, they talk about active hands on defense. He's got that, but he's also got active feet. The amount that I've seen his mm. feet go like this is is, is crazy. Um, but it, it depends on the price point for Josh. If he wants to stick with the other, you know, LA guys, Brandon, Lonzo, and if Lonzo comes back for that matter, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, if you can pay him a, like an eight, nine, $10 million, I don't know that he's going to go for that. But if you can pay him that sort of money and he wants to come back. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, you're not going to break the bank for Josh Hart. You're just not like you can find a Josh Hart in the draft. I mean, in terms of what he brings to the team again, in terms of intangibles, I think Josh is a really good guy. I really like Josh. He's become a fan favorite for a reason, Yeah. but I I'm, I'm okay with moving off of him too. I I'd probably give his season like a B minus just because, you know, he was there, he was Josh Hart and he, you know he might have won a few games in terms of rebounds and and what he did against uh Jason Tatum in those Celtics games he was great but is that enough for you to pay him you know yeah you've got to weigh that up and i think we saw that um, in the
2: offseason that they didn't come to the uh, to the table and i think there was what a discrepancy of 6 or 7 million and if that's not enough you know you're sitting there going well if you're not happy to open the bag for an extra 6 million, then what are you happy to pay? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. um, the writing's a bit on the wall. And I think with him and Lonzo both fighting for their contract careers, the next contract, you know, the, the price point, whether that's a, a 20 million or it's a, you know, 10 or, or even eight, um, they were really playing for this, for their, uh, <laughs> for the bag, I guess, this season. Um, right. Speaking of Lonzo, one of those, um, I suppose, narratives that ran along the whole time. What's he going to do? You know, I even went on a different podcast, um, a, a Bulls podcast, talking about Alonzo trade at a point There was this flip for Laurie Markkinen. I'm now way out on that. Do not do that. Um, oh. <laughs> um, and I did, I was not suggesting that, I'll say. Um, I okay. had to go and explain <laughs> um, why they would want Alonzo. Um, it was a bit of a sales pitch for him, but then he started playing really well and I, Backtracked and had to call a whole heap of people. Said no, don't stop the press. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what have I done? But um, <laughs> Lonzo, he's he's a bit of an enigma. Um, he can he's a bit of the barometer as well. I, I, I don't know. Do we hold on to him? How much are we willing to pay him if we do?
1: Look, man, you know we just haven't seen it on a consistent enough basis. Like he'll have these months and these stretches where he's shooting. from three and he's a, he's a really good defender, consistent defender, six, six long. He can guard point guards. He can guard threes. And I, I I really, I think his value comes most on the defensive side of the floor, at least in terms of consistency on offense though, man, we're just not seeing it on a regular basis. Honestly, I'm kind of of tired of these Lonzo stands like Mm. see you later. You know, (laughs) in all reality, you know, I, I just don't see him being worth anything more than, you know, 15, 16 million because you haven't seen it consistently. If he was more consistent and, you know, he's he's asking for what, 18, 20 supposedly is the rumor. Yeah, there it is. I mean, if he was more consistent, you know, if he continued shooting, not even probably 39, 40%, 41% from three, I'd be much more inclined to say, you know what? Yeah, it it makes sense. Keep them together. They like Lonzo, but if he wants that kind of money, somebody's going to pay him. New York would pay him. Charlotte would pay. I don't know how much money Charlotte has, but somebody out there, you know, even if it's a poorly run team, I don't know, like the Kings or something, Mm. somebody is going to give Lonzo ball the bag. Somebody will and it shouldn't be the Pelicans, but if they can, you know, do some sort of sign and trade and include some picks and I don't know, maybe get a De'Aaron Fox or or something like that and bring him into new Orleans. I'm all for it, but I'm not for paying this guy 20 plus million dollars. It, the the payoff just wouldn't be worth it.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've seen, even if he develops, he becomes a above league average shooter. Um, You know, we've seen him hit eight out of nine threes and then, Hit none of nine. Um, the next game consistency has to be the key, and of course, that comes with development and the like. And there's a whole heap of factors as well that go into that. I always put a little disclaimer on things, must be the lawyer in me. Um, <laughs> uh, De'Aaron Fox would be handy, that'd be all right. I like that one. Um, yeah, I'd for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. But it's one of those things that you've already seen what these guys do when they play together. Um, and, and where did it end us up? 11th. You know, we didn't we didn't get any higher. Um, he doesn't move the needle in the end. Um he can make
1: difficult. he can make a good team great, but he can't make a bad team good a great. I mean or good. I mean yeah. he can it's a bad team's gonna be a bad team with Alonzo Ball. Yeah. If he were to join, you know, I don't know, maybe like the Mavericks or something, he could make them good. He could make them pretty damn good, but he can't make this, he can't bring this team to another level. And his in his his ability as a point guard to initiate the offense it's just he's not great in the half court he's just yeah. not as much as people as much as Lonzo stands want to say give him the keys give him the keys when Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram are on the roster it's not going to work it's just i mean if if you want to give him the keys <laughs> give him the car too and send him out of town you know mm. like it's just it's just not going to work. I mean, we want to see more of Point Zion. We want to see Brandon Ingram. We want to see Nikhil. Yeah. Lonzo's just not going to do it, man. He's just not going to move the needle for this team. Yeah, completely agree. And, um, you know, if we can
2: get him at a reasonable thing, about $15 million, I reckon, yeah, no dramas. If it means that Brandon Ingram stays happy, because I know they all come down together, the LA guys, um, that needs to be the the mentality, is that how much is Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson's happiness that's uh, should be the only consideration in terms of to a point you know you can't just go and say oh yeah we're going to give him 25 million because right. <laughs> to be happy, you know what i mean that's not going to happen but right you know if if it's coming up 2 million and giving the bloke all right we'll give him 15 and a half 16 million 17 um probably the max if we're going to pay steven adams that um if it means that BI then goes, oh, yeah, well, that's all right, then. That's good. Um, I'm happy where I am. I'm comfortable. Uh, then you hold on to him. But otherwise, because, I mean, a contract like that's palatable for other teams as well. If he doesn't perform, you just flog him off. People are still going to buy him. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a real tricky one, and it'll be interesting to see what we do. Sign and trade, I think, would be the best outcome because then you're actually getting something for him. Um, and, I mean, then if someone... We just don't know whether or not they're gonna throw a max off a sheet at this guy. Like someone might just go like balls to the wall and and throw an absolute
1: bag at him, and say here's the max and <laughs> like I mean, the, the Knicks were good this year, but they're still the freaking Knicks. Like mm-hmm. I would not I would not be surprised if they did that at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. No, I think
2: I think you're spot on and I mean <laughs> Even though they've got this Quigley, who looks like he could be a really, really good player, Derek Rose has just turned over a new leaf again. He looks fantastic. He's back. <laughs> yeah, Was it the Godspeed tattoo? I love that. I mean, think that's, right, yeah. that's Flash. Um, <laughs> he's been playing really well. Um, it's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's what's going to happen. Um, I suppose a little bit of a uh, underperformance, I suppose, for the season. What do you want for this offseason? What do we need? What are the, what are the, if we're going to the shop, going to the shops to go and get some, uh, get some players, uh, what do we need? We need a skill, set, a few different skill sets.
1: Well, I honestly, I think Griff hit it on the head, right? He said IQ, toughness, and shooting. And to add to that from the fan base, it's defense. And now yeah. to, to check all those boxes in one offseason is quite a task. I, I don't know if they're going to keep any of their draft picks. I hope not. You know, th- this conversation, I just had Matt Babcock on my podcast from basketball news.com draft evaluator. He was awesome. And I could definitely all see, seeing it all be for not, you know, I, I, I would prefer that the Pelicans just pack up, pack up all the picks that they have this year, if possible, ship them out of town. Maybe these Lakers swaps, you know, these picks and, and the Milwaukee picks in the future and go out and get somebody and who that is, you know, I don't, I don't like to say that I think something's going to happen unless we hear, hear an inkling of it, but in terms of what is needed, man, you know, there's a, there's a couple stars that are out there. I mean, you just got to look at these markets that are on the fringe of playoffs or on the fringe of maybe we should blow it up, i.e. the Pacers, the Kings, um, but, but that aren't young too. You know, like um, I'm trying to think of who else is around that, that Spurs. I mean, mm-hmm. they're never going to tank with Greg Popovich, right? But, no. um, you know, I, I think if you look at the Pacers and, and have the opportunity to get a DeMontis Sabonis, that doesn't hurt. You have the opportunity to get De'Aaron Fox, from the Sacramento Kings, who I would be very surprised if they want to part with, um, or even like the Timberwolves, if they want to part with Cat, you're not getting much defense. You're not getting much, well, toughness or, or desire to win from Cat, at least in my mind's eye. Um, and then there's Boston who looked awful this year. Jalen Brown, is he an oper- Is he somebody you can get? The move or moves have to be big. That's That's the thing. If you can get three all-stars on your roster and you can't win then (laughs) yeah you're doing a lot wrong and so i think you know maybe not even an all-star this this off season maybe somebody who's right on the fringes who can come up and be that but if you can get three all-stars new orleans becomes a place where a free agent says "Ooh, i could do a lot there and without three all-stars you know, it's a still a small market. It's still New Orleans. You're not going to attract the free agents that you'd like to. And maybe you can get a, a shooter in the draft. Maybe you can get a defensive guy in the draft. Maybe you can, but the, the biggest guarantee, assuming that the Pelicans stick around that 10, 11, 12 in the draft is a trade. That's your biggest guarantee in terms of making an acquisition. That's going to help you in the off season. I, I, I think there's some crazy scenarios. I mean, it all depends on if the Pelicans somehow luck into a top four pick, that would be nuts if they can do that and, and possibly trade that pick for a player or, you know, multiple, it'd have to be multiple picks and, you know, assets as well. IE a, a contract or like Steven Adams, Eric Bled, So hopefully um, as Bled is an expiring, I mean, in effect, an expiring, But there are also teams out there that need a center like a Steven Adams. The Celtics come to mind. The Hornets. Mm. The Hornets have horrible rim protection. Just awful. And, I mean, if you can come away from a trade like that with a Miles Bridges, (laughs) sign me up, dude. That'd be awesome. Is he going to fix all the problems the Pelicans have? No. But if you can come away with some up-and-coming players like that and then end up somehow getting an all-star too – might be the off season of the century. Right. I mean, I think it's, I haven't looked at free agents this, this coming off season yet, because I think those, those pillars sort of have to be crossed off or, or knocked down or whatever, the, yeah. whatever the terminology is, you know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's going to come via trade. I, I don't think it's going to come via draft. I don't, it's, I mean, it's definitely not going to come via free agency. This is the biggest free off season, probably in Pelicans history. Probably, yeah.
2: I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head with that, and um, it is going to have to be a trade. I think I, I don't think you're going to be able to move the needle purely with free agency. I think we need to offload at least one of two of the contracts of of Bled and um, and Stephen Adams, preferably Bled. Um, I mean, I think they kept him out there hoping that he would do something. Um, it's like that meme where they're poking him with a stick, like do something. <laughs> Um, you know, like, please, okay. please. Looking under under the couch for some value. Um, you know, he uh, he looked like a shell of himself. He really did. And he, I think it's an attitude thing as well. I mean, we've seen that in different stops throughout the journeys. He's, if he's unhappy, he makes it known. Um, <laughs> and whether that's on the court or off the court, I'm still furious about that game where we drew up a like final play for Eric Bledsoe. I just thought that was just the worst Oh, oh, the TV nearly got ripped oh. off the wall that day. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was that was no
1: good. But um, on top of that, what was it? Like 14 games where the Pelicans had a lead of 10 plus <laughs> that they lost? Like you, you win half of those games and you're guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah. Well, what was it in that
2: first uh, something like 20 games? We we would given up two or three or four of those leads and if you won those winnable games all of a sudden you're on the second seed or something it was just un- oh, that that pace yeah that
1: pacers game oh no uh, you know it's <laughs> <That haunts laughs> I hope we're not <laughs> hopefully not we're not physically hurting all the listeners like we are right now um <laughs> the funny pain. part about <laughs> Funny part about that game is Miles Turner hit, I think, effectively either the game-winning shot or the yeah. shot that sent it to overtime. I, I don't remember, but it was like with six seconds left, yeah. and like halfway through the third quarter or through the second quarter, I tweeted something like, "If Miles Turner is shooting three pointers, just let him shoot." <laughs> and then one of my friends who covers the Pacers found that tweet and quoted it and said, "Huh," and it got like a hundred favorites. Me oh. look like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, in that game, he had foul trouble too. He, it was There was no rhythm for him to hit that shot. We did everything right. We got him off the floor and he came on and absolutely buried us. And um, they should never have been in that situation. Um, that is, I think, the big thing for next year. I want to see finishing games because I saw some stupid stat that was like um, – of games this year or something uh, Where you were winning by 10 points You won, there was like 14 or 15 Of them and the Pelicans had 13 of them (laughs) Like um, It was, yeah, and the Pelicans had One where they came back from 10 Oh, that was It was some bizarre (laughs) stat Like We had something like yeah, 14 of of these less than 10 10 point wins and There was only 17 for the whole year or something It was, yeah, no good No (laughs) No good at at all I don't know. (laughs) So, I mean, closing games is going to have to be a big thing. Next season, I want to see Zion continue to expand his game, but I also don't want him to start settling for threes. Um, I know when guys start getting a three-point jump shot, they then decide that all they're going to do is shoot threes and stop attacking the rim. I don't think his DNA is that he will do that, but and I don't think they'll let him do that. But, uh, I mean, that is probably one of the things that, oh, I'm getting slapped around in there a bit. Maybe I'll just settle and um, that's
1: going to have to be something that we'll have to manage. Um, the NBA that- needs to start, uh, oh, you know, officiating yeah. him fairly as well. Yeah, no good. The injury that that Zion incurred, I mean, it wasn't because of repeated like Griff. Mm-hmm alluded to it being a repeated it just wasn't true what he said wasn't true but it was a perfect opportunity to say nba what are you doing Mm. do you want him to be a superstar you put him on all these huge platforms i mean the pelicans they were not good this season and they were on these all these nationally televised games yeah and then zion gets hurt are you serious like i mean and, and you're not officiating him fairly they sent the league film which I knew about before everybody else did. I'm not going to tell you how, but I did. And um, and you know, it's it's a like if you truly believe something, you're going to act it out, right? You're going to behave as such, right? The NBA wasn't doing that. Adam Silver mm-hmm. needs to get these refs together and say, "Get it together. Get this right," because this guy can make can be the face of the league. He can make us hundreds of millions of dollars and he's paying your salary in effect. Yeah. So officiate him properly. I don't care if he shoots 20 free throws a game because the way that these, I mean, Griff said that Zion said that somebody in the NBA told Zion, I'm just going to keep doing this because they're not calling it. Mm. Like, are you kidding me? What? That is a joke and this is supposed to be the best league of basketball in the entire world. That is a problem that needs to be fixed. Yeah, 100% agree. All right, Elliot, before we
2: we pack up, we've had a we've had a good run. We've uh we've pack, we've, <laughs> we've unpacked a lot. Um yeah. what do you want to see for this season and then where can we find you? Some parting words if I may. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, I I want to see a difference night in and night out in terms of consistency of effort. You know, this team objectively, you know, by record, by statistics, wasn't one of the best in the league this year. But if you bring consistency by effort, the Pelicans win a lot of games that they lost this year. And I want to see an increase in in IQ um, and and, (laughs) – you know i want to see a better roster i want to see a roster that fits around zion and bi i want to see some shooting and i just saw that that marcus smart might be available via trade you know like that would be a great person to have like chris connor of the bird rights likes to say the pelicans need an asshole and <laughs> marcus smart could be that asshole so that's that's what i want to see from this from this season um, in terms of following me, finding me, uh, Elliot Clough at, at G, or excuse me, at gmail.com. <laughs> at Elliot Clough. You can email him too. <laughs> yeah, that's my email if you want to hit me up. But um, my Twitter is at Elliot Clough, 1L, one 1T, one and then Clough is C-L-O-U-G-H, like rough and tough. Um, you can find writing on bootcrewmedia.com, and then Pelicans Plus is anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, everything like that. So uh, there you go. Go on, guys,
2: seriously. If you're not listening, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Go and listen because it is a fantastic show. All your writing, yeah, I fangirl every time we get you on. I hear just fantastic. <coughs> uh, Elliot, thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's been great to, I suppose, wrap the season up a bit. Like I said, I'd, I'd had a, a little bit of a hiatus between uh, the Marvel game and now, so I uh, appreciate you taking the time. And, um, yeah, thank you very much. We we'll have to do it again.
1: Yeah, for sure. I always enjoy talking to you, man. This this was fun. Thanks, mate. We'll talk to you next time.
2: So thanks again to Elliot for jumping on board, guys. That was a fantastic chat. And um, yeah, a bit of a longer episode today, but uh, a good way to send off the Pelicans into the offseason. And uh, we'll keep these coming. We'll try to get more guests on and uh, and chat more as this offseason progresses. Um, as always, I... Oh, well, you can follow me at Twitter, uh, at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K. Of course, uh, at Hoopball Pels is the show. Uh, guys, it's been fantastic recapping the Pels all year. And of course, I could not do it without all of your support uh, listening in every episode. And it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, another big season in the books. Um, yeah, it's been really, really fun. Um, of course, if you'd love to go and thank the sponsors, go and support them uh, at Manscaped, uh, manscaped.com, HoopBall20 is the code as it has been all year, H-O-O-P-2-0, uh, that'll give you 20% off and free shipping, and of course, um, our good friends at mybookie.aj, use the code HoopBall when you sign up, get yourself a 50% deposit match, because um, you know it supports us. So, Guys, enjoy the rest of the uh, the NBA Finals. It's going to be uh, all the playoffs, I guess, and heading into the Finals nearly at the end of round one. Uh, loving all of the uh, the competition so far. It's been really good, but uh, we'll keep this going and um, keep tuning in. We'll keep getting more guests on. We might get some uh, guests from all over, whether it's basketball or not. You know, we, uh, we did that off-season wrap last year and got a few different uh, people in. We'll see if we can do that again, and um, we'll keep it going. But until then... Until I speak to you all next, look after yourselves, uh, stay safe, and um, bye for now.
1: This has been a hoop ball presentation.